0: Hello, welcome to the Flawless Takes podcast, the podcast where we talk, well, today we talk mostly about the Giants. Uh, I am your host, Christian Miola. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Chris Landera. Chris, how are you doing this week? Oh, Christian, I'm suffering. Our Giants, <laughs> our, our, our,
1: our Giants were, were barely com- competitive on Sunday. I mean, just blown off the field by a completely superior team, and um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm more looking into uh, getting into the case against David Gettleman than I am uh, go- going over last week's game because whew, that was brutal.
0: Not Yeah, not a lot to say about it. I mean, they no. lost every way you could lose, all the same stuff we've seen. I mean, you got a Mike Blanton-led offense here. There were not – you know, it's very difficult to pick out bright spots here. Um, so I, I don't think we should spend a lot of time on it. The one thing I did want to note is – yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Saquon and just for a Saquon check-in, you know, the Chargers going into this game were the 31st-ranked run defense and you would hope that would be an opportunity for Saquon to, you know, perform at a higher level than perhaps we've seen from him this season, but not the case. He was just 16 for 64, uh, you know, averaging four yards to carry. He did make some plays in the passing game, caught the TV. Um, you know, when he was split out wide and, and almost like a double move that got him wide, wide open. Um, but, you know, number two overall draft pick, he's he's pretty much putting up the numbers you would see from, you know, a below average starting running back, you know, a guy who you would you pick up off the street, you know, and pay a couple million dollars. Like he, he's just dime a dozen right now, which is, Pretty sad. Um, I know people point to the offensive line and and the injury and, and, you know, he's still getting back, but yeah, it's kind of at this point, it is what it is with him. And uh, yeah, just something to mind as we, uh, as we look forward to the next few weeks. So that was the only thing I want to point out from that game was sort of the, the lack of production. So yeah, I'd also point direction. out like
1: the production that he had, it was a lot of it was a garbage time. It wasn't like he no. <laughs> came firing out of the gates when the game was still in doubt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And no. a lot of the Giants numbers were greatly inflated by two touchdowns in the fourth yes. quarter when the the Chargers were pretty much pedal off the metal, uh, you know, Herbert was out of the game at that point. I mean, they were yeah, they were losing this game by 30 points, like that was mm-hmm. What the game really was, and the score doesn't reflect that when they think. but this was a this is probably big the most out. lopsided
1: this game was... in the NFL this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was except I mean, for the
1: Chiefs Raiders.
0: Well, that's true. That that yeah, yeah the that was worse. But this was
1: probably number two. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was bad. I mean, it, it was it was there. So this goes in the the same bucket as in the Tampa Bay game, the Dallas game from earlier this year. This is one where you just got you're totally uncompetitive and we've had a lot of games like that. So um, anyway, let's, let's move on from that depressing talk. And, you know, let's talk about some, some more sort of rumors and comings and goings. First one I want to bring up to you. Um, it's all over. I'm sure our listeners have heard of this Russell Wilson. Um, there was a report this week Ian Rappaport confirmed that uh, Russell Wilson and his camp have confirmed with the Seahawks that they would, Remove his no clay uh, trade clause for three teams, uh, those being the Bronx and, and of course, our beloved Giants. Giants. Um, so, the first thing I want to do before we get into you know the, the Giants perspective of it, I want to put my Russell Wilson hat on for a second. Um, if you're Russell Wilson and those are the teams you've identified here, what which of those three would you Saints. be most interested in? Yeah. Saints. Yeah, that's <laughs> for, for me, it, it's it's not, it's a no-brainer. I, think. What, the I think the Saints,
1: I think the Saints is a great situation for a quarterback. Um, yeah. short, first of all, you, you have Sean Payton calling your plays, which mm-hmm. is better than anyone the Giants I mean the Broncos offensive coordinator is Pat Shermer, mm-hmm. and the Giants offensive coordinator, um well, he was just fired, and it is now Freddie Kitchens. So, right right there, your yeah. play calling is going to be better than the Saints. You're going to be playing with Alvin Kamara. You're going to be playing with the best offensive line out of those three teams.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they, they have the history of continued success where you can't see any of that with, you know, the Giants and Broncos have had their runs over the last 15 years. It. Right. Yeah, but, but the, but they're also the yeah. Giants
1: and Broncos are two teams that struggle on offense. So the one yeah. the saints, that's kind of like their calling cards. They put up yeah. numbers.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, that seemed like the obvious choice from a purely football perspective. Um, the one thing that is sort of the, the wrinkle that the giants have, I guess is the New York market, you know, yes. Russell Wilson's a guy, he's married to, you know, Ciara. They have sort of a, a sort of personal brand between the two of them that, mm. you know, they, they like a little bit of spotlight. Yeah. They like the Nash rumor
1: is Sierra that. wants to live in New York. So that's why this like keeps popping up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if that's like what we're, <laughs> I don't see him coming here. If that's like, all we're hanging our hats on yeah. in terms of like getting them. It's a pretty weak, yeah, you can live a in of New York, there. Right? I, I don't know the I football
0: mean, season's not that long, but anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so that that's the Wilson perspective. How about from the Giants, or, or really, let's say the Giants fans' perspective? Because the Giants probably have different ideas. Um, would you want the Giants? And remember, this is a trade right. for Russell Wilson. This isn't an, an acquisition through free so, agency. Yeah. So,
1: uh, one of my friends mentioned brought this up in in a group chat this week, um, and the trade that he thought would be like maybe hypothetical would be um, Daniel Jones and a first round pick for Russell Wilson. Would you, You would you do that? Um, Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, and we have about like five or six people in this chat and it was kind of split down the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. I, first of all, I want to say, I think like this, this debate, I think this is like a fair debate. I don't think there is I don't think there's like a a definitive wrong side to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand people are just like, I want to completely start from scratch zero. I want, you know, a new a a drafted young quarterback, um, with a new GM, new head coach, totally new that way. Um, Russell Wilson is, he's kind of like a personality, you know, he's not, Mm -hmm. he has like, like you said, like his own brand and everything that he's going to bring. Um, but also, there's the other side of the coin. It's like, why do I trust the Giants to be able to rebuild anything? Right. Russell Wilson is a proven commodity. He like can play in the NFL at a high level. He's probably in the middle of his career, I would say. He's, he's someone who's going to take care of his body. He's going to play forever. He's going to play until he's 40.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he has like an escapability. He can run a little, which is good when you have an offensive line similar to ours. Uh, so I actually was one of the people who who, I I would do it. I'm I'm not against it.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm in the, don't do this. And my, my argument is he, you're putting him in a situation where we, we just, we saw a season right now where Russell Wilson has a bad supporting cast and a bad offensive line. And we've seen a couple of those seasons and he's, (laughs) in the past been able to gut it out and, and play, you know, make some tricks and, and, you know, do, you know, mm-hmm. put some magic in it. But I don't know if that's going to be the same case in New York. It's you're, basically, it's a huge risk. Absolutely. Yeah. You're locking Masters. yourself up yeah. from a cap and a, a draft asset perspective. And it's, I don't know. I just don't think the giants are in a position with this regime, at least to, you know make a move like that i i don't think it's it's like it's not a good football match right now not with this coaching staff not with this offense um and it you know it the personality stuff i'm sure he'd be great in new york uh i have no doubts about that i, I mm-hmm. i've heard he's a little he's a little odd in some ways but i'm sure that you know that that is what it is everyone's a little weird. Um, I think his relationship with the media is, is
1: fine. It's, it's like the, the coaching staff and more in team internal. In house. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, he, no. he, he, he knows every line and every right thing to say to the media. Like that's, that wouldn't be an issue with him.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And with the fans and stuff. So I don't know. I just, it's just, a, it's a move that I think you make if you're like closer and we're, we're not mm-hmm. close. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's my concern. So I, I would say no on the Russell Wilson move. Um, but, you know, I, I can see both sides, certainly. So right. we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. I, I think the Marys would, would – John Marrow would probably like it because um, it adds some star power. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's something the squeaky giants,
1: squeaky Squeaky clean image.
0: Yeah, which they love. Yeah, uh, right. And if, you know, you're wondering – I mentioned Saquon earlier. If he's – not on the Giants, you know, in a year yeah. or two, what is our premium sort of, even if Saquon's not a superstar, yeah. he's like in that like recognizable NFL, you know, top tier group of like 20 players that like, you know, you can see a picture of and you know who it is. And if they don't have, you know, other than Saquon, they don't have anybody yeah. else that fits that, that bill it's, right it's- now.
1: It's funny. You just brought up Saquon because I literally just saw a quote come across the bottom line on the TV TV before that said, like Saquon basically said, like, I want to finish my career on the Giants. I think he recognizes like being in New York is like very good for, he doesn't want to go to Jacksonville, you know? No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Texans need a running back. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So um, So, it should be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other point, uh, just wrapping up Giants uh, news. The big, the other big news, I guess, was Rob Vacchiano, another uh, beat writer who, historically, if you follow Giants beat writers, very clearly is a um, a mouthpiece for ownership, or or can be used that way. Yes, like he he has a line into Giants ownership that some of the uh, other beat writers do not, and you get that perspective often. Um, so he reported basically that Giants ownership is extremely confident in Judge and have committed to him long-term. So they believe, you know, the quote was, they believe he's their Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells. Um, Well, I mean, the Giants had Bill Parcells. That's a little weird to say he's their Bill Parcells because we already had a Bill (laughs) Parcells. But anyway, um, so anyway, uh, it's just one of those things that uh, we've talked about a lot. You know, I get where Maris coming from. He doesn't want to be like, Three, you know, in one of these cycles where every two years he's hired a new head coach. Mm-hmm. So um, he did preach patience when he hired Joe Judge and said he's going to give some time. So um, I get it. But to be extremely confident in Joe Judge, uh, I hope that's just maybe, you know, lip service to a certain degree, because as we've spoken to him on, on this show many times, there's, there's nothing really that he's done to give you a lot of confidence in terms of on-the-field products. So a little troubling that they are, uh, you know, in this all-in-with-judge mode at this point. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You, you know, this is all smoke at this point. But um, it seems pretty likely that judges, at least Judge is here to stay. So yes. um, something we're going to have to get used to and monitor.
1: It's kind of – it's a weird quote because, like, what what have you seen to make you say that you we found our next Belichick or Bill Parcells? I mean, he's – what's his overall record in two years? 10 and 19? 10 and, 10 and 19, yeah. 10 and 19, yeah. Not good. I mean, and that's – in years old. Like, I'm not yeah. saying you're throwing him under the bus right now, but you also don't need to be saying – comparing him to Hall of Fame coaches. <laughs> yeah. A, a bit strong. I, I guess he's putting – you know, drawing his line in the sand or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the patience thing is the big thing. I I, I just don't see them going, you know, again, into a a coach search third time in six years, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. Um, You know, regardless, I think the, the bigger target right now and the one, the big big fish, the big fish is, is the big guy. Dave Gettleman. Um, So why don't we take a quick break and we'll do our part two of the case against Dave Gettleman. All right. So we'll we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Part two, the case against Dave Gettleman, 2019 off-season edition. I I really enjoyed our last piece, and I think this is one of the pivotal off seasons here. Um, A lot going on. So we'll, we'll run through it again and we'll, we'll talk about the moves. We'll track our hog mollies. We'll look at the draft successes, but let's, before we get to that, let's talk about some of the trades that happened. So you'll remember this is year two of Pat Shermer. Um, year one, of course they went five and 11 um, hindsight. We know this is Pat Shermer's last year as the head coach of the New York giants and, um, but, you know, the big news in the offseason, if you guys remember, were the trades that we made. And the highlight trade was uh, when we traded Odell Beckham Jr., of course, to the Browns for the 17th overall pick, the 95th overall pick, and uh, Jabril Peppers, safety Jabril Peppers, who's now on IR. Um, so this was a... I don't want to go through the Odell saga. It's not what this is about, but this is a huge move, right? Odell obviously was the signature giant from the time he got here till he left. He was, you know, uber productive those first three years, sort of tailed off the last couple with had some injury issues. Eli was in, you know, deep decline at that point. Um, And, you know, there were issues in the locker room and that was – what really led to Odell being traded? That you know, Dave Gettleman uh, didn't seem to like him, or Pat Shermer didn't like him, or ownership—some combination of all those things. But he was traded to the Browns, had uh, for the for first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. Um So, do you remember what you felt about this at the time?
1: I was um, against I course, c- right? I certainly felt like we didn't didn't get our fair share for him. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I definitely, I mean, it had, it clearly had the feeling that whoever was some in the front, someone in the front office or a group of people in the front office did not want Odell on the team anymore. Um, and the thing I always, when I think about this trade, I always, it always seems because like Odell's career is, has been so, you know, strange and like star-crossed that like this trade always, how I feel about it it, is like, it's like forever changing. Like when, we, when peppers was playing and Odell was, you know, not really doing much in Cleveland, I was like, okay, I guess this, you know, this actually didn't end up that bad for us after all, but now like peppers isn't even playing for us. And Odell has caught like touchdowns the last two games on the Rams. Maybe, you know, it, it is as bad as we first feared. So I, it's like kind of like a, an evolving feeling I ha- I have about it. I mean, it's obviously looking at the trade. It's, it, you you look at it, it's like, oh, the Giants called the Browns on this, and we're like, we have Odell, and we're looking to get rid of him. Like I remember when this news came out, it was like the whole league knew that we were trying to get rid of Odell, which is not exactly yeah. like this, this. That's not like a situation of power there. Like we did not have the high ground it, uh, by any means. So you know, and, and it is what it is. It's history now, and Odell's on the Rams. Uh, playing better and Jabril Peppers is on our bench.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, it seemed like we we're trading from a position of weakness. You nailed it right on point. And, you know, you get a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers in hindsight, that the hall seems somewhat reasonable when, or even decent when you consider the player Odell has been since the trade, but at the time it was, yes. it did feel a little light. Um and we're gonna get into how those picks were used when we talk about the drafts. You have to um, you have to keep in mind, like it
1: that sounds strange to say, but Odell basically had like the greatest rookie year receiving like of like any player ever. Like he was he was setting records his
0: rookie year. Yeah, so the first three years in general, like he, you can he, put them against Randy Moore. Right, uh, yeah, he was, like un- he was like he was like unreal out the gates. The only guy ahead is like Jerry Rice. Like they're yeah. they're all he's in like the elitist of elite category those first three years. Um, So, you know, it, it's it is what it is in terms of, of the decision that was made, but it, it's just something interesting. One point I want to make on this that's always rubbed me the wrong way was Gettleman's statement that Jabril Peppers is like getting the second first overall pick that's nonsense yeah, um, you know he's he's you know a limited safety he's a safety first of all which if you're a first-round pick safety you better be really good and he was never that good he was always like a a limited player sort of a headhunter type splashy plays but also you know misses and and you know i mean he's obviously not a first round
1: pick because he's on the team right now and he can't even start on his own team so yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and it's not like we have like ronnie Lott and you know yeah all-stars back there i mean like yeah 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 yeah. like okay logan ryan's a nice player but like come on if you're if you're a first round pick you're you're starting over him.
0: yeah absolutely Especially at this point. So um, the other trade again with the Browns. So they must have had just a lot of conversations this time. And I actually want to give a little bit of credit for this, for this Olivier Vernon, who you guys remember was a yes. you know a edge player. We had signed in free agency during that last splurge Jerry Reese made as a desperation move to try to you know keep the Giants relevant. Um, was traded to the Browns for Kevin Zeitler. I actually think this is a good trade. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a you know a need for a need. Two solid but not great players at you know positions that you know the opposite teams needed. You don't see a lot of trades like that often, and I thought this was a pretty good one. We'll talk more about Kevin Zeitler, but I'm going to chalk that one up as a successful Hog Molly. Yeah. So for those keeping track at home, he was zero we three last last year in Hog Mollies when we talked about 2018. <laughs> so right now we're one for one, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep a, a running total as we go, but. So far, one decent hog molly added to the team. Uh, although we we did get rid of him, uh, and we'll talk about that in the final segment when we talk about offseason, this most recent offseason. Um, and, right, so, and let's just say he hasn't disappointed since we got rid of him. No, he's been great. He's, he's like the best offensive lineman on the Ravens. So 550, know,
1: 558 pass blocking snaps this season. Zero sacks allowed, zero
0: hits allowed. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. that's better than <laughs> our interior He's linemen, basically right? been
1: the best guard in the league. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's good. Yeah. Um, all right, and uh, he probably wouldn't have done that on the Giants because the people around true. him wouldn't have been as good, but like that's a true. huge upgrade, right? He was our best offensive lineman last year. So Yes. Um, anyway, so one hug, Molly, there. So moving on sure. to free agents, this was a relatively light year from a free agency perspective. There's really only two signings of note. Mm-hmm. Um, number one was Golden Tate which is mm. always such an odd move. We get rid of Odell, uh, and then we sign uh, Golden Tate to a four-year, $37.5 million deal. Got to make um, that big splash, baby. Got to make that splash. Let them let know you're here. And and it's one of those things where it's like, again, with, with Gettleman, he has no strategic vision, right? Like, are we rebuilding or what are we doing? Like, Or, you know, you you're getting assets, but then you're blowing cap on, uh, a limited towards the end wide receiver in golden Tate just to fill the slot. Um, golden Tate never lived to, up to that contract. I think he was a good gutty player, but we got him at a, when, you know, he was kind of past it and, you know, he, he had injury issues. And he I never mean, it really, started
1: off bad from the beginning. He was suspended for the first four games for taking some drugs. Th- right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's it, – it, that's a miss from a free agency perspective. That, that, was, a, that was a big – that was a big miss. Yeah. The other that one was is Marcus a- Golden, um, who, if you watched the Monday night football game last night, is uh, playing really well for the Arizona Cardinals. So, we signed him mm-hmm. to a one-year $3.2 million deal, and he was just – he did what you want out of that. I think he had, like, nine or ten sacks. He was our best, um, you know, edge player in that season. Um, so, yeah. Good, I think he was good. our
1: best player on defense.
0: Probably, you know, yeah. he, he, he's sort of a weird player. Like he doesn't get his enough respect wherever he goes, um, right. but he, you know, just makes plays and, and is a solid player. He's kind of a tweener in, in size perspective, but um, was a good signing. So I'll give him credit for that. The other notable uh, free agent signings that weren't really even that notable guys. I don't even remember defensive end Olsen, uh, Pierre and running back Rod Smith. These are more like one year vet guys to fill out the roster. Yeah. Not going to spend a lot of time on them. Um moving forward here to the draft. So we had a lot of draft picks this year. you know, we had three we, we ended up picking three guys in the first round. We Ooh. had a a, thir- a third pick, a third round pick from the browns. We had uh, then we had two fifth rounders, two seventh rounders. like we had a ton of draft capital. I just want to go through what that yielded. So let's start at the top, the big news, QB, Number six overall, Daniel Jones. It was a surprise at, a, at the time. Everyone hated that pick at the time. Oh, um, God, that
1: pick got killed.
0: Got killed but from all angles. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think it's a great pick. I, I, I don't know where to go on Daniel Jones. I don't want to do a Daniel Jones cast, but um, we are in year three right now, and Daniel Jones is – getting his third neck uh, evaluation in the last 10 days and is pretty much the 25th ranked quarterback in every meaningful category. So I'm going to classify that as a miss without getting into too much of the details. What do you think?
1: Well, I think unfortunately for Daniel Jones, it's, it is year three. And I think a a lot of things, a, a thing you hear a lot talking about Daniel Jones from Giants fans is like, I don't really even know if he's good or not. Well, if you're still saying mm-hmm. that in year three, then I think you probably have your answer. You know, it's yeah. that he's, yeah. he's just not that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, he's, I mean, what else he means? He's, he's, he's playing to be fair to Daniel Jones. He's playing on a team that has done nothing to help him, has given him he,
0: no offensive
1: line. His, his star running back has basically been hurt the entire time he's been here. Poor coaching, you know, conservative play calling, uh, call what you want um he hasn't really been given the chance to succeed but unfortunately you come up against his contract and um we're getting near the end here and he really hasn't proven it so yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna agree with you that that's a miss at six for us and it just it just wasn't you know it just wasn't a year to take a quarterback there there was you know, well, the other option in round one was Dwayne Haskins, who's yeah. I think the third stringer on the Steelers right now, and has had his his own problems. So, yeah, I mean, and and if you ask Dave Gettleman, the thing he always says is, "I was brought here, I was brought here to bring the Giants a quarter to bring John Mara and the Giants a quarterback, and this was supposed to be the guy, and he's not
0: the guy." Yeah, so that's a big strike, right? In the case against Dave Gettleman. All right, next up, first-round pick. Number 17, acquired through the Odell trade we referenced before. Dexter Lawrence, nose tackle. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to say about this. I think Dexter Dexter Lawrence is a a good player. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a great player, a good player. Um, But he's a nose tackle. And you really shouldn't draft nose tackles in round one. And if you draft any sort of interior lineman in round one, he, they better be, you know, Aaron Donald or, yep. uh, you, you know, they've got to be at that insane yes. sort of all pro level difference maker level when you're drafting them top 20 like that. And Dexter Lawrence is just clearly not that, you know, I, I think we were texting and I said, I'd love Dexter Lawrence if we had got him in the second or third round. But <laughs> since not only was the first round, he's a first rounder, you know, that was, was chosen with a pick for, you know, at the time, one of the most dynamic uh, playmakers in the league. So it's just, it, it always rang like a like a misstep to me. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing with this pick. And, you know, it, it it's, to me, it's a miss. I, I just, I'm sorry. Like Dexter Lawrence, you know, seems like a good player, but just not at the value for, for where we drafted him. Yeah. Right. I mean,
1: certainly in this draft, he's the best player we got out of it. Um. Yeah, the, yeah. But, but like you said, it the, the nose tackles. It's the same way you, you know you feel about safeties. It's just mm-hmm. it's not it's not a position of importance. I mean, it every position is a position of importance, but it it doesn't it, he doesn't impact the game the same way an edge rusher does. Yeah. You know and um, it, you know what the Giants have a history of taking these interior linemen even before Dave Gettleman. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we have uh, – we've had guys in the past that, you know, came in with a lot of hype and didn't live up to it or, you know, that's just – I mean, they can't they can't get to the quarterback. So, it's like – it's a passing league. So, if you're, yeah. you're taking a high pick on a player that can't impact the passing game on defense – Yeah.
0: You know. A, a gap filler and a run stuffer in an era when that – is no longer like the coin of the realm, right? Like that's just right. it's just uh, a misalignment of of, of talent. So yep. um just to keep us moving here. Next one. So we traded our second round pick, you guys might remember, up into the back end of the first round because we really were hot on a cornerback named DeAndre Baker.
1: Well we love those Georgia, Georgia players,
0: don't we? We love Georgia players. <laughs> we love yeah. Georgia. We love Georgia. Go dogs, but <laughs> DeAndre Baker had a bad rookie year and then um was involved in an armed robbery and is, was like, it is no longer on the Giants and he's on the Chiefs. And he's had not good on the Chiefs. Had a bad, either.
1: Had a bad rookie year and then a worst off season. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So I'm going to count that as a miss. I don't think there's that yeah. much you got to say. It, but just think about it. Three first-round picks used. Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker. That's the hall, you know? And in a year when you didn't do much in free agency, you're relying on all this draft cap- capital. All right, moving on. Pick three, third round, or pick four, third round, pick 95 overall. This is where we draft O'Shane Zimenez. This is another pick acquired from the Browns. And and I think we've talked about Zimenez before in the past. He, he's just a miss. Mm-hmm. He's not done anything on the field. He's in year three now. He's not getting on the field. I think he's, you know, relegated to special teams. And, you know, he's never lifted up. You know, he's kind of one of these tweener, you know, oh, he, he's sort of an he's, edge. Guy, he's too he small
1: can, and he's too slow.
0: Yeah. So like great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so missing. He went to old he went uh, to
1: old Dominion. I remember yeah. and I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not an NFL scout, but I remember when he was drafted, I was watching the draft and they're showing his highlights, and I'm just like, this guy, like this is not like this guy is not meant to play at an NFL level. Like it's just he looked like he was just playing in fear of opposition, you know, like he would, yeah. like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, you, you wonder like about the giant scouting department sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not sometimes all the time.
0: It, they really try to outthink themselves with this oh. diamond and the rough, small school tweener. Yeah. Oh, we, so we found late- a guy. Yeah, we found a guy. He started. He, you know, he never played football till he was nineteen. But he's, yeah. you know, he was really good in one double A. You know, so he cleaned up
1: against it, Appalachian State.
0: So yeah, you know, like that, that. That's a real big Giants hang up. I don't know where that comes from. Um, all right, moving on. I think this is a winner. Um, fourth, mm-hmm. fourth rounder or um, sixth pick in the round, hundred eighth overall, Julian Love. Um, Julian Love. I mean, fourth rounder. That's great because he's he he made plays this weekend. Yeah, you know he can. He's a good. He's a contributing player. Contributing defense. And in in the
1: fourth round, that's all you're asking for.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna take that. You know, he can play do a lot of different things. Maybe not all that well, but like he can. You know, he can play cornerback, slot corner, uh, safety, you know, you can move him around and he contributes. So I think that's an important type of guy to have on the middle of your roster. And he fills that out. So good job, Julian. Love for being, thanks for being good. Um, Next pick. All right. So here's, here's one you guys will remember. Ryan Conley, fifth rounder. You guys remember Ryan Conley? We really fell for Ryan Conley off of a couple preseason games. Um, He made a couple plays early in that season. And then I think he got hurt and uh was you know, he was uh cut the following off yeah. season. So that, you know, unfortunately a miss. I, I have not followed Ryan Codley's career since then. I don't know if he's still in the league or what. I
1: believe he is still in the league, but I'm not sure what team he's he might be on the Vikings or someone, but yeah. He he's he's like a he's like a backup special teams player.
0: Yeah. So I mean, fifth round pick, great. Um, I'm not going to hold that too far against him. Uh, but I, I just remember there's a lot of hype around him when he came in. Um, next one, another fifth rounder, uh, Darius Slayton. And,
1: oh, this is an interesting one because really I interesting. What I, one year into this draft class. Yeah. yeah. He was probably the one, he was probably the, the, the biggest hit.
0: Yeah. We got one. If you ask that, anyone. it was like, we, yeah, we, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but it's been diminishing returns since then.
1: Oh, um, the progression.
0: So, yes, yeah, so, so no this, progression. This year, he's actually been awful. Um, if you look at the stats, his you know he, his targets are down. That makes sense with you know some of the the guys that were brought in. But also his catch rate is down. Uh, his yards per catch is down. Like he he is not making the plays he, he used to um, after the first year or two and. You know, I I wonder what sort of place he has on the team. So I'm not going to call it a a miss because he has contributed. And when you get a fifth round wide receiver to contribute, I think you got to give some credit there. But yeah, um, I don't think he has a long term future with the. It's so it's so
1: late in the draft though. Once you get to these rounds at the end, it's
0: yeah, you know, the hits are rare
1: for anyone, and when 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 you're in round five and above,
0: yeah. So I'm going to count as a hit, and we've got. Then after that, you're into the real like guys who don't make it out of uh, you know training camp. Corey Ballantyne I think he's hung around for a little bit. Uh, George Asa Ajadi, who is a, a tackle uh, in the seventh round, and then uh, defensive tackle Chris Slayton. Darius's uh, brother, Chris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so just looking back on the draft, so let's let's go through the hits again. So none in the first round. We're counting Julian Love and Darius Slayton. So. I don't know if you're keeping track at home, 10 draft picks, two hits, you know, so we're, we're, we're continuing. And this is after last year or the previous year when we, um, you know, really only had one BJ Hill. We talked about, who's not even on the team anymore. So uh, another unsuccessful draft class that is not contributing to the team. I mean, really, I mean, if you look at this draft class, how it was supposed to play out, Dexter Lauren's supposed to be a superstar, DeAndre, De, you know, DeAndre Baker is supposed to be like your, your number one corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimenez is going to, you know, contributing edge player, you know, make something maybe along the lines of what we're getting out of ojalari now, you know,
1: and, and we're looking forward to um, giving Daniel Jones a new contract, which we're mm-hmm.
0: not, <laughs> which are not. So yeah, we're, we're arguing about, Oh, we got to, we got to extend them now before we get into the, the player option, you know, we're having those right. conversations. Right. How are we going to, do we pay them like Mahomes or do we pay them yeah. like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's how we're, we should be thinking, but we're not. So a real bust of a draft class. And the one thing I wanted to, to point out overall, when you look at this entire, this entire uh, off season, so it's interesting. They didn't splurge a lot. I mean, they, they signed Golden Tate, but that was mostly just to replace the production of, of OBJ, uh, of Odell. They signed Marcus Holden as a one-year sort of prove-it deal. He proved it, and then he signed with the Cardinals. But um, they didn't really – when we talk about hog mollies, there was not a lot of investment in the line this year. Other than Zeitler, which we said was a good move, You know, they really sort of hung tough with the guys they had. And again, if you're prioritizing up front, and that's been an issue, which we knew it has been, and it continues to be, interesting just to see – how much we've actually invested in these years? So, just to to recap, there. So we're we're counting a Hog Molly, so that's one, and we've got a, a a two out of ten rating on on the draft. So you know, again, yeah, unsuccessful. we're hitting two hundred in the glass
1: in yeah. the draft. Um,
0: and, when I look at like me so, you know, just one before I I'll let you yeah. finish, but this led to a four and twelve season and Pat Shermer getting fired. So that was that was the end result of, of year two of the Gettleman, uh, you know, roster management, uh, experiment here. Yeah. That's
1: another great point about, about Gettleman. Like we're on the second coach of the Gettleman experience. who's yeah. 10 and 19, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I don't know. The, the evidence just continues to pile up. Um, I, I just, when I look at like the 2019, like what we just went over, I th- The thing that stands out to me is like the Zeitler for Olivier Vernon trade. The, the two hits that were the two biggest hits, the Zeitler for trade and um, signing Marcus Golden. Um, we didn't keep those players. We chose to spend that money elsewhere poorly. You know, we, we, we chose to sign Golden Tate. We chose to give Sterling Shepard a, a monster Thank extension. You. Um, later on, we chose to sign Kenny Galladay to a, a massive contract. Yeah.
0: Or Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph we, we and Zeitler to... have very similar contracts. Like, There's not oh. that much big of a money difference between oh, what those guys are, are getting right How now. bad does that sound?
1: It's awful. It, you it's have a guy, Kevin Zeitler, who's probably having the best season right now for a guard. The, these guys were on similar contracts. We had Kevin Zeitler. He's having the best season right now for the Ravens. For for a guard, and you have Kyle Rudolph backing up Evan Ingram who probably has I don't know, twelve receptions this year. That's that's what we're gonna guess well, off the top of did my have head. He six.
0: He had a sixty yard catch against the the Chargers this weekend. He did, which was, which was hilarious because um, it was, that must just, have been on blown coverage. That you know, it was like <laughs> this weird like inside post where he just found a hole and then like. <laughs> He just it was it was like everyone was running alongside him but choosing not to tackle him <laughs> for some reason. I'd never seen that happen before. It was very odd, but you know he turned- what it turn back to clock to what? Never been a speedster, so but <laughs> I don't know. It looked like me running out there to give you some perspective. <laughs> but so overall record four twelve this year. We're talking hog mollies one for one in 2019 overall. We're now at one for four draft two for 10 overall. We're, we're one for, um, or excuse me, three, if you count BJ Hill for 16. So that's, uh, you know, this is why you have a bad roster and why you're one of the worst teams in the NFL over this era, uh, is all these misses. So, so I think
1: you could say the prosecution is feeling fairly confident at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is adding up. And, and it's, we talked about it before. So Pat Shermer gets fired. Interesting thing, you know, conceptually when we talk about the mayors and what, how they think. If you remember, there was a lot of talk, I remember Art Stapleton wrote a column about this, that the mayors were basically saying, okay, you get a Mulligan on the Pat Shermer two years. We're giving you a clean slate starting year three, which makes no sense whatsoever. Like, what, you know, why do you get to start over after you've failed in a way for two years and, and forced them to fire a coach and now you just get a clean slate with Joe Judge? It doesn't make sense. Um, but the mayors are, I don't know, they're, they're just stuck in this, this mindset um, of conservatism. They don't and, like change. And they're friends and, and like people they like, they like to be surrounded by. So it, it's just a, it's a bad mix. So uh, you know that's where we're at. Year year, 2019 in the books. The Pat Shermer era comes to a close. They go ahead and, and fire Joe Judge, or hire Joe Judge in the coming off season. Um, and away we go. So we'll be back next week to talk about that 2020 off season, the COVID off season. Getting Joe getting into the COVID here. year. Yeah, the, the well, what, are we still in the COVID? What is the COVID year? Oh, yes, I, getting into the COVID years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I, I look forward to being able to talk about COVID in past tense, but I, I yes. don't feel like we're quite there, unfortunately. So, anything else you want to add on that Giants uh, off season before we uh, wrap it up for the week?
1: Uh, I will say this: it as as we just, I mean, pretty much just destroyed it. But it is, it was a step above 2018 cuz 2018 was just off. Oh.
0: Yeah, that that 2018 draft for example, awful. The free agents moves awful. So yeah. Th- yeah, if you're grading them, I would say this is a this is an improvement um, in some ways. So, you know, it it's it's bleak to think about, but we we've got more to come. So we'll uh we'll be back next week to uh, talk about the Dave Gettleman 2020 season. We'll, hopefully the Giants maybe do something fun against the Cowboys and uh, you know, depending on the outcome of the Kellogg strike in Michigan, yes. we'll be talking about cereal. So solidarity to all those union folk out there. Uh, we stand striking.
1: with the Kellogg's workers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So <laughs> um, we are not scabs and we will not buy rice Krispies this week yes. as, you know, as a result. and neither should you. So uh, have a great week, everybody. Hopefully the giants can uh, make our, our weekends a little more fun with winning against the Cowboys. i Refuse to root against them, especially against division opponents. Uh, But until next time, uh, be safe, everybody, and we'll uh, hear from you soon. Bye.